Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. All right, everybody, welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Captain Skipper Gentry. How are you doing? Doing good, buddy. How are you? Good. So what's the lowdown? Where are you from? You're in Florida right now, but I know you're yeah, from I'm the in, Bahamas. Yeah, I'm in Florida right now. I'm originally from North Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, we're here just we sold our old boat, the old Carolina gentleman, and got a new one. And we're making our travel plans, getting ready to uh, – can't stay in Florida too long. We're just here about two months a year. Uh, we're going to head to take the boat to Isla Mujeres, Mexico, probably the end of January, 1st of February for a few months. So we're nice. uh, doing all the planning and buying extra parts from the new boat, just getting stuff ready for the crossing. So you're just going to cruise down there, hang out and fish? Yeah, we're going to fish for, you know, <clears throat> you said fish for a few months and, uh, and see where COVID takes, where restrictions are. I mean, the Bahamas have a lot of travel restrictions right now. So, uh, you know, we're kind of just playing everything by ear this year. Everything's so up in the air with foreign travel. But Cancun and Mexico was like, doesn't have many travel restrictions. So uh, our guests can get there easy. It's cheap. You know, it's, I mean, round trip is like 150 bucks from Fort Lauderdale to Cancun. So uh, we'll be on an island offshore there. We're not in the tourist area of Cancun, but uh, we'll be in an island called Isla Mujeres. Okay. Just offshore of Cancun. Nice. Plan on fishing a bunch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going for. That time of the year, the sailfish are real thick. Uh, you know, sailfish are pretty small, but they're a lot of fun and huge numbers. Like it's probably the most concentrated in the Atlantic, you know, that time of the year. I mean, they're just bait balls everywhere, you know, so we're trolling circle hooks on uh, Dink Ballyhoo on 20-pound test. So wow. it's uh, – um, and there's, it's so thick that you're not – it's illegal to live bait. It's illegal to cast into the balls of sailfish. So the sailfish will be balling up bait, and you know, you'll just see them under the water. So you'll be just trolling with full of dredges and teasers. And like I said, all circle hook fishing, uh, dead ballyhoos. So you're just seeing them just cruise around the whole time. Oh, yeah. You'll just see the frigate birds, see the bait, and you can like see them, just dozens of them in the water just feeding. Wow. It's supposedly pretty pretty epic. <clears throat> Whale sharks come through there. Uh, they congregate there in the spring. Yeah. So a lot of people go there for that. You can jump in the water, just tons of whale sharks. So I'm looking forward to uh, – It'd be a good, good experience, man. Yeah, it a, lot, a lot of fun. So in the so in the Bahamas, what's your uh, what kind of fish are you usually going for? Um, well, we offer two different things. We do the bone fishing on the flats, which yep. the Jolter Keys is is an unbelievable, you know, world class bone fishery. And then on the other side, we have blue marlin fishing in the pocket. Um, okay. So we offer both. And you know, I don't take people bone fishing. We have local Bahamian guides take them bone fishing. Uh, mainly it's, you know, you'll, you're, you're fly fishing. Most of our guys are fly fishing for them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you get some people that are there like, Hey, yeah, let's just go bone fishing for a couple of days while we're already here offshore fishing. Those guys will just use some spinning rods with 20 pound fluorocarbon leader, small circle hook and like a, uh, you know, a piece of crab, fresh, fresh crab, you know, yeah. so the guys will catch crabs and then, uh, you know, mash them up and, and it's like, that crab hits the water and they're on it. The bonefish are on it. So what, like, I feel like all the videos I watch on bone fishing, it looks super hard. What actually, yeah, what actually has the bonefish bite? Like what, tell us about that. So it's a hunting game. 
Yeah. And, you know, you would think, yeah, I can see a 22 inch fish in eight inches of water really easily, but they're super, super camouflage. I mean, it's, you're mainly looking, if you're fishing on the sand, you're looking for shadows on the bottom, mm-hmm. not actually the fish. And that you'll see that much easier than the fish because the fish is so, so camouflage. You know, you'll look at their, uh, at their, you know, behaviors and, and, you know, lead them a bit with the fly. Yeah. And, uh, kind of twer- uh, twitch it, you know, get their attention with it. And then they'll start to hunt it. And it just each fish is differently how you hook them up. But, uh, I mean, they can see your faults casting, you know, when you're casting up in there back and forth. If you fl- throw that fly over their head and it doesn't even hit the water, they'll see it. They really? get spooked. So they're really a difficult, I mean, it's a, <laughs> um, a challenge. I mean, yeah. But when they, it's like a redfish on steroids. I mean, they will take a, you know, Take, take you down to the back and they just scream out drag. Wow. It's, it's pretty awesome. How big do bonefish get? I mean, a 10-pounder is a big, big bonefish. They get that big? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're uh, decent. You know, like I said, I think redfish size, you know. And they have the same body type as a redfish. They feed the same. So, if you look at a redfish and a bonefish next to each other, you know, hold, like, pictures of the mouth is the same placement. Their body shape is the same. They tail, you know, the same. So tailing yeah. pretty much is like you look across the, the, the surface of the water and you'll just, just see the tips of their tails out of the water, like half of their tail out. Yeah. And they got their nose in the mud kind of rooting around getting crabs and crustaceans and stuff. So yeah. that's when you see tail, tailors, fish tailing. That and they're just so feeding rad. hard when they're tailing. Yeah. It's crazy. What months are usually the best to catch them? Um, pretty much in the Bahamas year round. I mean, I wouldn't go August and September just because yeah. that water's hot. And so the fish are a little deeper in the little cuts and stuff. Um, yeah. And you can catch them, but it's more exciting to me up in that, you know, six to eight inches of water, uh, you know, foot of water. You can see, I mean, it's just, it's cool. It's an awesome. And the sharks are out there with rays. I love and the that. scenery That's is beautiful. Rad. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty place just to be out anyway. So when you're, Fishing for bonefish is mm-hmm. is fly fishing usually like the best way to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much. You know, you can catch them on a spinning rod if you're like not really experienced flats fisherman and you want to go out yeah. and just give it a shot. But you know, you won't see many of the pros <clears throat> or whatever like the really experienced fishermen catching them on a spinning rod. How you far know? out are you guys using flies from? Like fifty feet. Are I mean, sometimes kidding? it's only twenty feet. Wow. You know, and so it's been like, we'll get a lot of hardcore guys that just have fly fished all over the world, yeah. but not really in saltwater on flats. You know, there's streams where they're throwing like 10 feet, just rolling it out there. They get out there like, man, I had, this is crazy. We're throwing, you got to throw so, throw so far. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the closer they are to you, the, the more likely you'll spook them. Yeah. You know, so you want to, you want to get them out there as far as you can. And sometimes you're looking around and you look straight down in front of you and there's a bonefish sitting right in front of you. Um, they're that camouflage. That's neat. Yeah. So when, when you actually see them, though, you're seeing like the tail. Um, when they're tailing, then their nose is in the water. Yeah. I mean, nose is in the bottom, like rooting around. But you'll see like a school just coming across the flat, just cruising, like just horizontal, just, just slowly cruising down the flat looking for food. That's so um, rad. So you'll see that and you'll lead that. A lot of times the schools are hard because you might see 60% of the school. Yeah. And 
you throw it and you end up throwing it on top of other fish. And as soon as that mm. fly lands on them, the whole thing looks like a jacuzzi blowing up, you know, and they're all gone. And you're like, well, I just missed my shot. <laughs> There's like a hundred bunfish there and they're all gone. You know, so that that's the deal. Where are they usually at? Mangroves and stuff? Um, so on the outgoing tide, let's say it's high tide there. Outgoing tide, they'll be kind of flooding, kind of coming out from the mangroves, headed okay. towards deeper waters. That's when I like to fish. And I'm not super, super experienced, you know. Like, I go on certain tides and I can tell you, all right, we can go here. There's going to be 50 bonefish. We can go yeah. there. There's going to be some. You know what I mean? Um. I, I really wouldn't know too much what to do on a dead low tide with them, except for getting lucky, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'll take luck anytime, but uh, but yeah, like I said, it's it's a you know, high tide on the flats, so us flushing out of the mangroves, crabs, and the shrimp, all the kind of little <clears throat> crustaceans. But, but they are structural fish, right? Like they like to be in structure. No, they're out. On oh, the flats. they don't. No, they're on the flats. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean nothing time. around, just sandy or grassy wow. bottom. Yep. Yeah, like I said, I've only seen videos of people fishing for them and stuff we don't have bonefish over here in california no, no a little too cold those are so rad they yeah they're they're, they're they're a pretty good fight though oh yeah they'll they'll it's pretty uh amazing uh, like each time you get one you're like oh man this thing must be huge yeah you know it's just screaming out drag it's i mean i've got a lot of fish and everyone i'm still fun yeah you know, every bonefish i catch is is a is a huge accomplishment you yeah, I catch one on the fly. Is it? Would you say that it's? Uh, would you say that it's easier or harder going with waders? Well, you no, you'd just be wading in the water. You know, the water's warm. Yeah, so you'd have your some either barefoot or some little booties. Okay. Um, now your guide will be pushing you. You know, you'll be on the bow of the boat. Yeah. And your guide will be up on the polling platform in the back, pushing the skiff along. Okay. The flats, trying to intercept these fish. <clears throat> And then so it's you know, sometimes actually, if you got a big crowd, you know, you can go spread out and wade along the flat. Yeah. But your vantage point is so much lower. Yeah. When you're out of the boat, it's it's more difficult to see them. Yeah. You don't cover as much ground. And then you, you know, you get, you wade for an hour, you turn around, look, and the boat's all the way out on the horizon. <laughs> you got to go back. So what kind of skiffs are you guys using? Because I know you, like... There's a lot of newer boats that have like push sticks and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's all sorts of technology that everybody's using nowadays, but those skiffs obviously have to get into some shallow areas. Yeah, they're super shallow. Yeah. Uh, we're using Ancona skiffs and Maverick skiffs right now. Okay. And they're super lightweight. You know, the whole, the whole, a whole outfit, whole boat's like 800 pounds with a motor. Really? Everything. Yeah. Wow. Really lightweight boats. Which is nice if you get stuck, you can kind of, you and your buddies can pick it up and, yeah, you know, or maneuver, you know, push it off a lot easier. It doesn't so take when, a couple inches of water to float it. When you're using the push stick, it's pretty darn quiet. Like those fish probably can't hear it all, huh? Yeah, you need you need a quiet boat and yeah. you need a quiet guide, you know, to push that pole in nice and easy because they hear every splash, every, because there's sharks out. There's a ton of sharks on the flats. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, ton. That's sketchy. You know, you see them coming, just kind of stomp at them or whatever. There's little lemon sharks mainly. But uh, that's another thing, like releasing the bonefish. You want to release them healthy to avoid a shark eating them. Yeah. You know, I walked the little bonefish around for like 15 minutes on the flats because there's some sharks around. Just get him revived up while I let him go. 
That's good. Because like I said, a shark will just, sometimes as soon as you hook a fish, you know, the sharks will be swimming all around the school, just hanging out. Yeah. As soon as you hook one, the shark just immediately just hones in on that fish and attacks it. Really? Yeah. I mean, inst- they're all around them. Like you'll just see a school of a hundred bonefish and five sharks swimming around them. And they're all just fine. Nothing happens until you hook one. And that distress signal and the fish just, sharks just flip out. Wow. I mean, it's quite a sight to see. You know, you're standing in the water and you see a shark just chasing a bonefish, attacking him. Yeah. It's, 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 you're like a little intimidated sitting there, like just watching all this stuff happen so quickly. Barracudas do the same thing. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you'll see, you know, barracuda hanging out or you won't see them because they're, they're the same color as the flat. Well, you know, I've hooked a bonefish one time, had no clue barracuda was like 10 feet away. You know, like a four foot barracuda just comes in. Just a Barracudas are sketchy, dude. Yeah. I don't really I worry about them diving or swimming or anything, but. Dude, I hate those things. Too. They're so scary. <laughs> so we were, ta- we were talking about tailing earlier mm-hmm. and about how. So the tail's up high when they're eating. Yeah. What, what exactly are they going for? Crab, you said? Crab, little shrimp, little crustaceans, all kinds of little things in that, in that mud. So can and you'll you see use- like sometimes. If the light's not right or you're in deeper water, their tail's not sticking out of the water, you'll see, it's called seeing a mud, and you'll yeah. see like churned up sand. Yeah. You know, like, oh, there's bonefish in there kicking that sand up. So you throw close to that. So do you use bait a lot? No, fly fishing. So you never use really, you don't really use bait at all. Mm-hmm. You Could you use bait? Oh, yeah. You live crab or fresh crab. Yeah. You talk, call, you know, toss that out there. Or some, some areas you can use like some shrimp. Yeah. Just just on the hook. So bonefish go after flies too then. That's crazy. Yeah, that's so the they, main that's the main way to target them. Yeah. For experienced fishermen. So do you guys have a season for flies? Like like I know for me, like when we go fish for trout or whatever, like mm-hmm. when there's flies in the sky, that means you're using flies. But Right. No, so it's different there. They're, they're, it's we're different. just mimicking those same little crabs and shrimp. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. So yeah, th- it's right. a sinking fly. It's not on the surface like you're flying a trout, like in a trout stream. So your typical rod and reel combo then is fly. Yeah, nine weight, eight or nine weight fly rod. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I caught a a cobia, like a 21 pound cobia, on a nine weight fly rod uh, <laughs> one time. That took that took a little while. He was on a on a on a bull shark. Just got wow. lucky through it. We ate it, but. uh we were actually, Kelly and I were on the flats one day. We had two boats out, so we had a spare boat. We went out to the Jolter Keys, just we were on the outside close to the deep water. Mm-hmm. And I just waded around. I was like in waist deep water. I saw these two dark shadows. And I just started throwing at it, and the, the noise of the fly got their attention, and like they started chasing it. Missed them a few times. I couldn't tell what it was. Ended up hooking one, and it was baby, baby sailfish. Wow. They come in there. Yeah, like. Maybe no 18 way. inches long. Yeah. Jeez. It's crazy. <laughs> so you That's never so know. Because being like having flats, you know, and a half a mile away is a thousand feet of water. You know, there's no fences. These fish kind of come in there feeding on stuff and get lost. Yeah. So, That's insane. Yeah. You never fly know rod, what you're going to see. Fly rods are so fun. Like I go, I go steelhead fish or salmon fish with my uncle up in Oregon. And uh, one time we were just using hot shots on a fly mm-hmm. rod. Just nice. off the boat, just because it's fun to catch yeah, on yeah, the fly rod. But dude, oh my goodness, 
they are they can really really be a hard fight with a fly rod anything can. it's crazy and steelheads and what else salmon steelhead trout nice nice all of it yeah yeah i'd like to go up there and do that i've always wanted to get up it's, it's just, amazing it really is amazing not in time you know i got a drift boat up there last year so i go a lot what river the rogue river southern Oregon. Okay. nice yeah you got family it's, up that way yeah, my whole family's up there. My parents, oh, okay. grandparents, everyone. Nice, yeah. nice. It's fun. So I go up there quite a bit and go up there and surf too. And That's it's good. Water. Yeah, it's cold, but it gets so good. It's amazing. Yeah, I've seen there. some pictures. It really is amazing. Nice. Have you ever surfed Hatteras? Um, no, I Cape haven't. Hatteras? Yeah, no, I haven't. It's pretty good. I really, I've only surfed like a couple spots on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I haven't surfed that much. Over there. Where, where, at, where? Um, I surfed in like Cocoa Beach one time. And yeah. Other than that, like I've tracked swells and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go. But then all of a sudden a swell come on the West Coast. And yeah. Like, it's oh, this is way easier. I'm going to stay here. Right. Of course. But I do need to, I do need to end up over there. I want to come surf in the Bahamas somewhere. We have a little break. I mean, it's our window to get swell in this little spot we're at. It's so small. Yeah. But when it does get good, it's freaking good. Yeah. I know we've talked about that before, I think. Yeah. And we found a new break like directly behind the house. Yeah. Uh, It's about a mile. So like behind the house, we have a series of small reefs and then it drops off deep water. And I mean, so you're surfing on the reef in like five feet of water. I love that. And 200 yards away is like, you know, a thousand feet of water. Wow. You know, but, uh, when it comes in there, it jacks up hard on that reef, and it's it's good. You can, you can park the boat in the channel. You got a left on one side and a right on the other. Wow. So it's kind of like stuff you see in you know, like Fiji or whatever, but just smaller. Yeah, I was just going to say like Fiji or Tahiti or something, yeah. like where it just gets super deep, super fast. Everything just jacks not, up like on I said, You got a channel for the boat. You, can, you know, surf past the boat sometimes. Yeah. But like I said, it's not big like that, of course. You yeah. know, head-high day is good. Yeah. Real good. That's rad. So you do you guys use jigs a lot for bone fishing? No. So it's mostly fly fishing, but yeah, it's mostly fly use... fishing. If they are bait fishing, it'll typically be I mean, you could tip a little jig with something to give it some weight. Yeah. To carry the line out further. Yep. But like you said, the more weight, the more noise it's gonna make upon yeah. landing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so most of the guys it's just a small circle hook. With a piece of crab on it. That is so crazy. Yeah. I that's mean, it's amazing. It's simple. It's very simple. simple. It's like I said, I mean, that's, they eat what they eat. Yeah. And no reason to kind of, I mean, I understand a lot of guys trying to sell some tackle. You know yeah. what I mean? Hey, yeah. you need a jig for this, you need that. But I've never, well, I haven't really tried, but uh, caught a bonefish on a jig. Yeah. I mean, you can do it, obviously. But like I said, just stick with what's been working. The guys that have been doing it forever. Like this works, you throw it out there and they eat it. It's yeah, it's, it's on. Stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Can you eat bonefish? You know, do what? Can you eat bonefish? I mean, you can eat anything, but yeah. no, they're protected. I mean, locals will eat them. Even yeah. it's, it's illegal to harvest a bonefish in the Bahamas. Oh wow! Uh, they're they're really protected. Um, they say they're really sweet. I haven't eaten one yet, mm. but um, no, we release them all. We don't. We try not to bring them out of the water. You know, anymore. Of course, we post some pictures of people holding them, but you know, people, you know, just being educated, 
don't put their fingers in the gills of the fish. It's really easy and you want to control the fish by putting your fingers up in the gills. Yeah. But, you know, the best thing to do is like leave them in the water, take the hook out while he's in the water. And then if you want to just cradle him, you know, by under his belly and everything, like you would baby almost, cradle him for a quick picture, put him back in the water, let him go. Um, it frustrates me so bad. Like I said, with the, especially the bill fishing. Yeah. You know, the, the, the two are hand in hand. You know, okay. it's a gentleman's sport catching bonefish. You know, you're hunting it. It's a, it's a trophy fish, you know, and it's a release fishery. Um, there's a million, there's tons of bonefish, but, you know, on the bill fishing side, you know, we do the same thing. I mean, I used to take probably five years ago sailfish. I, I never took marlins out of the water because that's just stupid because they're big. Massive. Good way to get hurt. I mean, besides being illegal, actually, it's illegal to bring billfish out of the water for a picture unless you're going to harvest it, which it's legal to harvest a sailfish or white marlin or blue marlin of certain sizes, you know, if you're going to eat it. Yeah. But if you're going to release it, it's illegal to bring him out of the water for a picture. Yeah. And then put him back in the mortality rates of the roof. And see a lot of people like will hold the fish up vertically. Like, you know, like he would be normally swimming, yeah. hold their dorsal fin up and his belly is being crushed over the rub rail. You yeah. know, his head's up over the thing. I'm like, that fish, you might as well just bring him in because he's going to be dead. You know, yeah. it's like if I see that or if I see like guys having mar- like bringing a blue marlin for a picture and you got like eight guys holding him up. And they're like, oh, yeah, we released this fish live. That, <laughs> I mean, you didn't release that fish live, man. Yeah. You know, it's almost better blue marlin to in the boat's gonna, if it's going to gonna live, it's going to be going crazy in that boat. Yeah. And people will get hurt. You know, best thing to do is leader them up, have them swimming alongside the boat, have the boat in idle and gear. Fish is swimming right alongside the boat. And you get put the side of the boat into the sun if you're really worried about getting that good Instagram picture or whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. And you can get a beautiful picture of the fish. His color's going to be better because he's in the water and more healthy. Yep. They get brown and stuff, and you know, out of the water. Yeah. Um, or when they're really tired. But, yeah, just leave them in the water. You know, look up at the camera. You know, shoot down the side of the boat or if you're on the tower, shoot down on him. And yeah. you get a good picture and you look like, hey, you know, this guy's conscious of the fishery. Yep. This guide has been doing it a long time. He understands how to handle fish and respect the fishery and you know i think it sets it sets a lot of people apart on the negative side when i see that like if i you know i've seen like charter operations that are respected charter were respected charter operations they brought a blue marlin on the back of the boat i'm like you know that thing is really alive it's gonna be kicking hard you're gonna injure somebody with that bill you know what i mean um you know it just looks much more professional when and like I said, if you care about the fishery, like, I mean, I make a living mainly bill fishing. Yep. You know, and like we've let fish go that I'm like, man, he's, you know, I feel terrible. He might not make it, you know, or yeah. sharks get him, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, God, there's one less fish out there for us. Yeah. And the, and the populations of billfish have like gone through the roof compared to when I was a kid. You know, like yeah. when dad was fishing, there was plenty of them. Yeah. And then they dwindled, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, you weren't, weren't catching that many. And now the stocks of billfish are, you know, everyone's catching them. Things are going good. It's, it's, you know, it's wonderful. Like we can put people in the fish of their lifetime. The reason we can do that is because the last few years, you know, people have gotten smarter, respecting yeah. the fish, releasing them and understanding, get them quick, release them quick and going about your day. 
Um, but yeah, that it just frustrates me a lot of times. I might have gone a long rant on this one, but no, no, you know, you, you really got to yeah. be respectful, especially if you're saying, "Hey, I'm, I've got a, you know, I'm a writer in a magazine or a TV show, or I'm a charter captain or whatever." You know, you make your living based on the fishery. Yep. You need to respect that fishery. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, but yeah, it's like I said, bonefish, billfish, you know, just that slime protects their body. Yep. You know, that coats them. And you got the fish up on your chest and he's, or he's sliding across the side of the boat, you know, they're uh, wiping all that slime off the body. And then plus it's bruising them, sliding them over the covering boards. You know, even like when we were bluefin fishing, just to show how much the weight of the fish hurts itself. So we'd bring bluefins, with giant bluefin, you know, like the smallest we could catch was 73 inches to sell. So we'd bring them in the door. You know, the Japanese came and gave us lessons because at first we had no one knew how, what they were doing in North Carolina bluefinning. We were dragging them in and mis, mistreating the fish. Well, that hurts the value of the fish. So we would put like a surfboard cover, you know, over, you know, hanging out the door of the, of the boat, the Marlin, the tuna door. And bring him in on that so that he was, it was padded. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't like, we weren't just, you know, dragging a 400 pound fish over a 90 degree angle side. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. That bruises 100%. the fish. Yep. And it, it affects the quality of the meat. So imagine doing that to a fish that's you're trying to release. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. Not, it's not going to be good for him. So, so that's my, that's my two cents on that. How's the population of bonefish right now? Oh my God. It's, it's, it's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, really crazy that's good tons of uh, different parts of the world obviously you know the, the keys have so much more pressure yeah you know, there's a million skiffs chasing them but you know the bone bonefish in the bahamas and ascension island all the you know excellent yeah you know cuba south cuba is great i mean they're just the, the, there's a bone a bonefish and tarpon trust that have done a lot with education and and for the industry as well yeah, because so, tarpon, uh, tarpon, you don't bring out of the water at all. No, you're not supposed to bring. Them. Yeah, I, I did years ago. And I'm sorry about that, but you know, I just didn't know at the time. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, you're you're not supposed to bring tarpon out of the water either. It's crazy, you know, because like, like you know, the fish are used to be in suspended by water, you know, cradled. You yeah. bring them out, and all their organs are, you know, gravity is dragging it down. It's just not not right for the yeah. fish. It's all fish, though. I mean, just handling yeah, it. Yeah. Unless you're going to keep a fish. Right. Like, be nice to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how it is. Like, I'll, I pinch all the barbs on my hooks and stuff when right. I'm, like, Smart. steelhead fishing. Because you'll catch mm -hmm. native steelhead, you know? And you yeah. can't keep those. There's only a certain amount or a certain time that you can keep them. But really? we pretty much let them all go. And, uh -huh. uh, yeah, we don't, we don't even bring them out of the boat half the time. Unless we're going to keep that fish. We don't bring it out of the boat or in, in yeah. the boat or anything. in the boat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what you got to do. And that's why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the fish yep. are there. Is it, very, I mean, there's so much pressure in something, something like South Florida, there's so many boats out every single yeah. day. Yeah. And I wonder if everybody how just, fish. if everybody just gets that in the back of their mind, there's just going to be more and more. Just yeah. I mean, we're releasing more. wahoos, you know, small wahoos, yeah. like letting them go. They're 15 pounds, 10, like throw them back, yep. you know? Yep. That's right. We, you know, you've got, you've got, if you've caught one, you've probably caught more than that. So yeah. you got enough for dinner for your crowd and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks better. Like you're, if I bring six people in the boat and we like release a couple of fish, like, oh man, that's what they're really doing. Yeah. You know, like, cause we just take pictures really of the fish that we keep at the end of the day or whatever. But if like 
all these people are learning to, oh, damn, I'll release a fish too. Yeah. You know, they otherwise never thought about letting wahoos go or dolphin or, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah. Which dolphin grows so fast. I'm not really worried. I'm worried about the population, you know, like, oh man, the little fish or whatever, because they grow so fast, but just yeah. taking what you need. Yeah, exactly. So. Gosh, I got to Yeah, so that's kind of what we're doing. Getting ready for travel. Getting managing our boats and uh yep getting ready for the season you know because we had to bring in all of our you. food for the bombs we had to bring over in the boat so yeah. we bring months and months load of food for our guests and everything it's quite an undertaking so that's that's what we're doing this time of the year getting all ready for our season i like it boat that's repairs rad. just <laughs> next keep time them floating is the job next time i'm on the east coast i'm i'm coming over there we gotta, yeah man we gotta go fish I, and i want to see some of those reefs you're talking about too Maybe it'll it's be a little swell. Yeah. I mean, wintertime obviously is the best for that. Yep. In November. Uh, we had a couple of good swells in November. Even in April, we had some. Yeah. So, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, you can see it. I mean, from my, from my room, I'm like, oh, man, sweet. That's so rad. You know, that is amazing. It's crystal clear blue water. It's just nice. Where, it's good, where exactly know. in the Bahamas do you live? It's a pretty small town, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's real small. There's a huge island called Andros. Yeah. A-N-D-R-O-S. But there is nothing there. Least yeah. densely populated. Yeah. So it's nice. You do whatever you want to do. You know, no worries about anything. I love yeah, that. there's nothing there. That's rad. There's That's fish cool. To hang out, drive around, surf a little bit. Nice. Dive. So, yeah, it's, it's a good time. You got to get yeah. off the island, though. You know, you got to get back to civilization yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Go out to eat at a restaurant, that kind of thing. <laughs> You know, you take things, you take grocery stores for granted. Yeah. You know. Uh, what's what's exactly. your closest grocery store? How far away is it? Oh, uh, we've got them 10 minutes away, but they're like the size of a a large gas station convenience store. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. The boat comes in a couple of times a week, brings supplies. Yeah. During COVID, you know, they when they thought that COVID was transferred from boxes, mm-hmm. they stopped shipping us groceries and stuff. What? Yeah. I mean- we got we were in lockdown wow i mean the boat stopped coming luckily like i said we planned for a few months at a time of food yeah so we had no problem but i was like man this might get pretty dire you know for other people (laughs) especially they know we got tons of food over here you know yeah but no it only lasted like two weeks yeah so uh, yeah things are hopefully getting back to normal we'll see yeah yeah hopefully hopefully soon i'm telling you so well, Skipper, do you have uh, social media that anybody can follow you on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah, we're uh, Carolina Gentleman Sport Fishing on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We have a YouTube okay. channel. Nothing crazy, big YouTube deal, but some cool instructional, like informational videos with some yeah. good action. Marlins, Marlins, Dolphin, Wahoo, some bonefish. Cool. So yeah, check it out. Brad. Well, thanks a lot for uh, coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I know we've been trying to do it. It's just been so busy. I know. We've both been busy. It, you know what? It's the best thing ever, though. It's oh yeah, that's right. Amazing being busy. Yeah, feels good. Rad. All right, Skipper. Right, you have a good one. All right, you too. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.